Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumpacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Batter Listeners, welcome back to A Pod of Their Own. This is episode 72 of A Pod of Their Own. I am Allison McCaig, and I am joined this week by my lovely co-host, Kellyanne Healy. Hello, Kellyanne. Hello, Allison. How are you today? I'm good. How about you? I am frustrated. Yeah, I guess good is like... I, uh, it's, a, it's a relative turn. Yeah, good is like... That's the um, polite I'm good when you don't actually want to talk about it, except we're here to talk about it. So maybe <laughs> maybe well, I shouldn't this use the a- polite I'm good in this context. No, but it's just like we weren't expecting to do this today, but we felt that this could not go unaddressed. Yeah, so it's, it's just... It's just... Right to, right into the mess. Yes. So it's just the two of us this week. Um Linda and Maggie are both in uh, snowstorm-related dilemmas, predictably, because, yeah, that's the other thing that happened is that a bunch of snow got dumped all over the Northeast. So, um, but we kind of figured that we, this was supposed to be an off week for the show, but, of course, things unrelentingly keep on happening. I saw a tweet yesterday that just, like, summed up my feelings perfectly, and it was like, I propose a three-month moratorium on things occurring. And I was like, yes, thank yeah. you, please. Yeah. I would love that. Um, so we don't want to be here, but... but yet here we are. Um, because 
yet again, another person connected with the Mets has been credibly accused of sexual misconduct. Um, this time it is former manager Mickey Calloway. Um, the story dropped late, la- like last last night, night, I think. Yeah, it was like yeah. times a flat last night. Like, was it Sunday night or was it last night? I don't remember. No, it, Time is it, fake. It was, it was last night because I was complaining about it in the comments this morning. I was like, why haven't they fired him yet? And then someone said, yeah, they're on Pacific time. Give him a little bit. I was like, oh, okay. But yeah. then nine o'clock Pacific Standard Time passed and they still hadn't fired him. And as of right now, he has not been fired. He um, has been suspended. And this is a California labor law thing, too, um, where if a worker denies wrongdoing, the business or organization that that worker is with has to do an investigation before they dismiss the employee. So that's fun. I don't know if I was curious to see if New York's labor laws were similar to that or different because it seems like they're different just with the porter situation yeah i mean i'm not a lawyer but my understanding of the situation is that like they could fire him but they'd still be like they'd be uh on the hook for his salary and so the angels want to save a million dollars or whatever it is so because if they can if they conduct the investigation and then they find they can fire him with cause, then they don't have to pay him. But if they yeah. fire him now, they have to pay him. And if they don't, he can sue them because they yeah. fired him before doing an investigation. So that's the current thing is that they like the angels could fire him, but they just want to save a million dollars, which, you know, whatever. Uh, that's, and, you know, and, par for the and, course. And save and save like an, I don't want to say a PR mess, but like they are embroiled in several other controversies right now. Um, I think there's a lawsuit going on with the clubhouse assistant. I can't remember like which person it was that like ha- that gave Tyler Skaggs the um, narcotics that it, that eventually he overdosed on. Oh yeah. So there's that one, and apparently, and I was just reading about. I was reading in the comments today. I haven't read the article on it. There's also a clubhouse manager that was fired, and he's I think suing the organization as well. So they've got a bit of, they've got some stuff going trouble. They've got some stuff going on, bit of trouble on their hands, but they still could have, I mean, even if, even if they, they can't or won't or labor laws and contractual obligations make it difficult. can't fire him right away. They could, they could have, you know, pulled the trigger a little faster on the suspension. I know that they were on Pacific time, but with the Mets, it was still like, you know, Less than, it was within 12 hours. It was within 12 hours. The Angels, it was not. It was like 18 hours later, that said. Um, I guess I guess I should go into um, a little bit of specifics about what exactly happened. So yeah. um, this, uh, this, these accusations um, of Mickey Calloway span his time with Cleveland and his time with the Mets. Um, basically, his like most of his entire managerial slash pitching coach career. Um he has been accused of harassing at least five female journalists. There are five 
female journalists that come forward in the article and speak and are quoted in the piece, they are they they are um, protected by pseudonyms, so they they are anonymous in the article. Um, but there are five of them that actually are like quoted in the article. But then you know it's kind of implied that it might just that it's probably not just those five that it's kind of like you know he was a serial harasser basically the, the same exact kind of stuff that jared porter did like you know um unsolicited text messages invites to, to go on dates like all sorts of naked pictures although well, half this one naked i guess half naked i should say shirtless unsolicited shirtless pictures like all sorts of things when when there was you know no no reciprocated interest whatsoever on the on the part of the female journalist he just kept you know sending flirtatious text messages lewd images like all sorts of you know in a very inappropriate behavior <laughs> um i feel and and like the the one text where he said, oh, I'll give you Mets information if you, I think, come out with me or something. It felt very coercive. Oh, yeah. That was really weird. Ugh. Yeah. Like, I'll like, give you some info on the Mets if you go on a date with me. Just come out with me. And then there was another one that was like, you'd look yummy on tequila. And I was like, are you 12? Like, what the <laughs> hell is wrong with you? Jesus Christ. Um, but yeah, his like the article details like, um, you know, the, the experiences of five different women um, who, you know, covered baseball and or the Mets and or Cleveland um, during his time with those teams. Um, and his reputation of being a serial harasser was called, quote, the worst kept secret in baseball. But yet apparently that didn't stop the Nobody Mets knew from about claiming it. ignorance about it. Um, apparently, you know, like the, the way that this went down is the way that a lot of these things go down, which is that these women, you know, there are so, there are not that many women in, in sports journalism. And so like the community is small, they all know each other. So when a man is a creep, he gets a reputation, they warn each other about him. And that's what happened here. Like, just so you know, this dude's a creep and they all knew it and, you know, they all experienced it. And so... Um, the Mets are claiming ignorance of this, although in the piece it says, so there's like kind of a, we kind of have to break down a little bit of the timeline here. <clears throat> so yeah. in the piece it says that the Mets were aware of one incident that occurred prior to his time with the Mets during his time with Cleveland. They would not disclose the nature of that incident. Um, they just said that they knew of an incident. Um, but... Sandy Alderson in his statement, I guess I can just read Sandy Alderson's statement because it's not that long. Um, yeah. Well, I can read Steve Cohen's statement, too. So Steve Cohen gave a statement, oh, but it's just kind of like, you know, whatever. Two sentences. No, the one conduct, sentence. The conduct reported in the athletic story today is completely unacceptable and would never be tolerated under my ownership. That's the Cohen statement. Which actually, I mean, well, that's like understandable because he, well, that's not true. I mean, he's kind of tans gently. I mean, he was a minority on owner, but he was a minority. Yeah, that, that's the whole. That's what I'm trying to spit out. He was minority owner, but really, it was those other two dudes at the top at the time, Fred and Jeff, um, who were responsible for hiring him. So, right. 
Um, I mean, I'm I'm okay. I just realized I'm okay with Cohen's one sentence statement. Yeah, I there. mean that's whatever. It's kind of weird that he has to give a statement, but it's kind of I like it's it's good that he did. Um, yeah. But then then there's the statement from Sandy Alderson, which which says, Oof. and I quote. I was appalled by the actions reported today of former manager Mickey Calloway. I was unaware of the conduct described in the story at the time of Mickey's hire or at any time during my tenure as general manager. We have already begun a review of our hiring processes to ensure that our vetting of new employees is more thorough and comprehensive. So Sandy Alderson claims that he did not know, although in the article it says that the Mets were aware of an incident. However, the timing of these things is sort of, it's it's like right on the cusp of Sandy's tenure. So basically... The Mets became aware of this of this incident, they say, in August of 2018 is when they became aware of it. Sandy went Sandy Alderson went on his leave of absence to start his cancer treatment in July of 2018. So Sandy was already on leave. So it is plausible that he had no idea about this. But I mean, he also can claim plausible deniability and no one can really contradict him here. So no. It just depends on whether you believe him or not. Like, I don't know. At this point, I don't know. I like, mean, I don't when, know what to believe, when, really. When someone says it's the worst kept secret in baseball, I mean, even on the outskirts, he, I feel like, had to have heard some sort of chatter. Right. Whether that chatter was, like, in depth or I, I'm assuming it was not a deep dive. But it seems like he, if it's the worst kept secret in baseball, he would know some surface detail about it or some surface observation about it. Right. And like, I don't know, it's if you just like, okay, if you're trying to be objective and fair about this and judging Sandy Alderson, let's look at his body of work then. This has some sort of like scandal ridden thing has happened multiple t- multiple times on his watch now so in quick succession so first there was jared porter just two weeks ago so like we're literally on this podcast talking about this again a week after we just talked about it because it's another met associated per- mets associated person so J- first jared porter happens and then this happens but they aren't the only two incidents to speak of that happened on sandy's watch you also have the fact that he brought back Jose Reyes. Yeah, and that was that was the big thing for me. That was a red flag. I was like, he brought back Jose Reyes knowing that he had abused his wife, that the Rockies paid them like $40 million over two or three years, paid him his remaining salary, essentially, to be rid of him. Right. Uh, that's and, and Jose and Alderson still brought him back. And they spun it as a rehab rehabilitation of his image and playing baseball. And um, even though he was also not that great of a player at that point, <sighs> but that's a different problem. So I, I have a hard time believing that Alderson was completely ignorant of this. Right. It's just like this spans. This is just like 
I know that this is we talked about this last time and it remains true now so like basically if you want to talk about things that remain true about this go back and listen to last week's episode because none of that has changed in fact all of it is even more true now right this is a baseball wide society wide (laughs) problem this goes beyond the Mets however that doesn't mean that there shouldn't be some sort of investigating into why the Mets are constantly caught in the middle of these things it's a cultural issue it's that a, you have built cultural... in your organization. And I don't I don't think it's just the Mets that suffer that suffer from this problem. It's just that the Mets kind of having that narrative of LOL Mets, they get the spotlight on them a yeah. lot more than other teams would. Yeah. But like, like under, because... Al- under Alderson you have so this spans multiple GMs and multiple ownership groups now because under yeah. the Wilpon ownership you have you have the, the Mickey Calloway situation and you have bringing back Jose Reyes which was widely you know believed at the time to be an agenda of uh, an agenda item of Jeff Wilpon but now now that Sandy has accumulated this body of work and now his second stint with the Mets it's hard to put that all on Jeff Wilpon now because this, this, this like uh, Porter incident is is Sandy and the Wilpons. Yeah. I mean, the Wilpons are still very small, like part like minority owners, but I owners, don't. But I, they don't have the say that they used to. Right. So this spans two ownership groups now, and never forget. <laughs> so this was not this was not under Alderson's watch, but this was still Will uh, Wilpon era Mets. Never forget that they got yeah. caught in the middle of the Carlos Beltran thing as well, which is not obviously a like sexual misconduct scandal, but it still it still speaks to the fact that there is clearly a flaw in your vetting process for hiring your managerial and front office candidates. Like, I mean, I'm not saying again. Like people, when I was trying to say this in the amazing avenue comments i was of course immediately met with like you can't lump beltran uh-huh. in the same bucket as porter and callaway i was like it's not what i'm doing i did beltran's conduct beltran's conduct is not nearly as reprehensible as callaway's and porter's i'm not saying they're the same they are not the same but they both speak to a flawed hiring process that you yes. claim to not know about these things that are clearly going to be complicating factors that but, are clearly going to be huge I, problems of these people you just I mean, hired. It's it is a flawed. It obviously is a flawed operation. <laughs> uh, a flawed hiring process, um, but it's also the hiring process is designed that way. It's designed to overlook transgressions. It's designed to overlook cheating. And I think that still stands true again, not for the Mets, but for a lot of um, systems um, and for a lot of even like reporting organizations or um, not directly. Oh my gosh. Not the exact MLB organizations. But like the the blogs and sites that also promote them. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No yeah, I just realized I skipped a point because I was trying to, to segue into Kevin Goldstein, but I got to back up a little bit. We'll talk about Kevin Goldstein in a minute. Yeah, we'll but talk I about mean, Kevin we, Goldstein well, in a Well, we bit. can talk about it. Let's talk about it. We can talk about this slightly out of order and then what's in the notes. Um, but, like, <laughs> yeah, your your point stands. Like, this, people keep, again, people keep crying. Every time this happens, people cry, cancel culture, and they say that their lives are being ruined when, no. like, someone needs to explain to me how these men's lives are being ruined exactly because not not being allowed to have a cushy like front office gig is not ruining your life no you're not not going to jail you're not going to jail i mean you're not being really and truly you're not being oppressed in any way um you're not entitled to these fancy gigs you're not. You're no. not entitled to these. these not just. Not just entitled. Jobs. A lot of these guys aren't qualified either. I mean, right. putting putting the sexual harassment aside, and really we shouldn't. Um, but Mickey Calloway was also a horrible Mets manager. Yeah, he wasn't good at this, and no. like he he had no experience managing going in. So it's not like he was like this immensely the most qualified candidate they could find. No. He just like sweet talked Jeff Wilpon. That's what happened. And that's what happened. And I had, I remember that first or like at the start of the second season he was there. I was like, okay, he didn't have like a good support staff behind him. Maybe he'll be better this year. How wrong I was. How wrong I was. (laughs) Cause I was, I was, I was one of the like few people that was kind of giving him the benefit of the doubt in the in the Amazing Avenue comments and I'm sorry I was wrong. I was 100% wrong. Right. Ugh. And it's like but, I just like their their lives are not being ruined. In fact, like if we go back to Alex Cora and AJ Hinch, those dudes have jobs again. Yep. So people... And they are and they were arguably more involved than Carlos Beltran. Than Carlos Beltran ever was. Right. Yeah. And so if you look back at the, you know, the architects of the Astros cheating scandal, none of them are facing lasting consequences either. Like people talk about cancel culture. Who has actually been canceled in baseball? Nobody. Who's been canceled? A-Rod's not canceled. He's doing TV gigs. These Astros dudes are not canceled. They all have baseball jobs. And now Kevin Goldstein, who's like a lesser known part of this Astros cheating scandal, but was involved nonetheless. Basically, the story of him is that he was the, I believe at the time, so he kind of rose in the ranks in the Astros front office. He started off as like an analytics guy at Fangraphs, and I think he wrote for Baseball Prospectus as well. He started off in like the analytics community, blogging community, um, and 
was hired by a team, as many of them are eventually, if they're good enough at what they do. Um, so he was hired by the Astros. He rose in the ranks. He eventually became director of pro scouting and assistant general manager, special assistant to the general manager. But I think at the time of the cheating scandal, he was director of pro scouting. Um, yes. And during the midst of the cheating scandal breaking, there was this email that he sent that leaked that I don't remember the exact text of it, but basically it referenced cameras and video. And that's why he got caught up in it because the email in that context made it seem like he was, you know, devising a scheme involving cameras. Yeah, right. it was, it was, I think, encouraging the use of the cameras at the major league level. And I actually have not found the actual email yet, so I can't like speak to the exact wording. But it was also basically the gist of it was how can we use these cameras at the minor league level? Yeah. So <laughs> and so he got his manner. name got then his name was instantly like a major name in this in this scandal because of that email. Otherwise, nobody would have ever known like his level of involvement if any or probably and he never faced any actual like unlike hinch and cora he was never like suspended or faced any actual like the investigation did not mlb's investigation for whatever you know weight you give to that did not find him culpable in any way he claims i mean the astros the astros organization i think fired him in 2018 or 2019 i can't remember which one yeah but not because let me go look this up but not because, yeah. Like, I think that they were just, I don't I don't know exactly their reasoning. But it wasn't Which because of that. I feel like that. he, it's, but it feels like he alluded to that in his fan graphs reintroduction. Hang on. But basically, fast forward to now, <sighs> he's rehired by fan graphs, presumably getting paid quite handsomely to write for them. And he he claims in his, like, you know, reintroduction piece. He like wrote a piece that's basically like, hi, I'm back. I'm Kevin Goldstein. Here's my background. I'm excited to write for you. And he claims that the email that he sent that ended up blowing up as part of the scandal was he's he says he cops to sending it he was like it's a real email like that's i sent that email but those cameras were for advanced scouting they were not for cheating he's like they were not for cheating i didn't know anything about the trash cans or the the stealing signs i didn't know about any of that stuff um the cameras were for advanced scouting it just in the context of everything else comes out looking really really awful for me um he also claims in that piece that he was outspoken against the Roberto Ozuna trade at the time that that occurred. Um, for those of you who don't remember, the Astros traded for Roberto <laughs> Ozuna after his domestic violence a accusation. And so, like, they Lord essentially profited off of it because they were able to get him for a lot less than he ordinarily would have commanded um, because he, he basically the Blue Jays just wanted to get rid of him at that point. Um so the Astros profited off of that by acquiring him. So these are the things he claims in this piece. Now, it's can I can I say outright he is lying? No, I cannot. I do not have evidence that he's lying. I I can't I can't claim to the truthfulness of those statements. Do I have my instinctual doubts that what he's saying is true about especially about the cameras? Yes, I have doubts about that. But there's As no one. I. 
there's no one currently in baseball who can publicly contradict him. So again, kind of like a kind of like Alderson's statement, very convenient. No one can tell you you're lying because the people who the only people who could credibly say he's lying are still working in baseball front offices and therefore would never say that stuff publicly. So Nor there's no one out to. there who can contradict him on this. So we just kind of have to take his word for it. And even if you take the most generous interpretation in that he was unaware of this scandal and that he With, he really spoke out against the Roberto Ozuna trade, he really didn't like some of the stuff that was going on. You stayed for eight years. You did not walk away. You did not walk away when, the, when your team traded for Roberto Ozuna. It sure didn't make you feel icky enough to leave your cushy job. No, I, f- I feel like the Ozuna tidbit was just like... A, a bone to like say oh look at me i'm i'm credible and i'm on your side and ugh, it did feel know. very much like I i'm a nice know. guy i promise like see and that like that kind of thing makes me think oh god no you're you're like really not you're trying to say this to appease everybody but again ron howard voiceover <laughs> he was not a nice guy like i mean and it's just frustrating because like even if this is true and that he all these again like you tolerated this toxic culture and i understand that like your role your role whatever minor or major role you played in these scandals is again i'm not trying to compare it to porter or callaway who are legitimate creeps and jerks and assholes they are terrible people i'm not saying kevin goldstein's a terrible person because i don't have enough evidence to accuse him of that he might even be a nice guy maybe he is i don't know i don't know him personally but what frustrates me is that we just hand these dudes a platform and let Mm -hmm. them dictate the conversation like there's no like reckoning with any of this there's no like you know holding holding them responsible and accountable they just welcome See, him back this, with open this, arms, back at well, Fangraphs, and everyone, including people who acted really scandalized about Porter and Callaway, are are like, yay, Kevin, welcome back, because they know this guy. And so they they think that, like, because they know him, he's it's, it's all okay. okay. He's okay. He's okay. And it's so not just, I, it's not Kevin Goldstein, the guy. It's, like, the fact that people like to- surrounding it. Exactly. It's the culture. It's all like people like to talk about these as separate incidents. This is all one in the same. This is all part of the toxic culture that is continuing to be perpetuated by baseball. And this and Kevin Goldstein played a role in perpetuating this mm-hmm. culture by tolerating it. And now we're giving him I a mean, platform. This is the same culture that enables men like Callaway and Porter. So no, Kevin Goldstein might not be as bad of a guy as Callaway or Porter. He might not even be a bad guy at all. But he enables this toxic culture that enables them. It's all part I mean, of the same story. That's that, And that's the whole thing. And like going, circling back to the comment that this is ruining their lives. It's not. Um, I mean, this really is about changing the culture and holding the people within baseball responsible um, within their jobs and cultivating a culture where this behave this kind of behavior, whether it be cheating, whether it be sexual harassment, whether it be discrimination against women and people of color, um, it doesn't thrive, but is addressed from the get go. Um, for me, I- I'm just saying time's up for these microaggressions and harassment. Um, 
But I mean, it's it's going to be a long road because so many people just want to stick with the status quo. And I can't believe I just made a high school musical reference. But <laughs> oh my god, that song is literally quo. playing. In my, um, yeah, I had that song playing in my head several like several times today as I was running through all these stories. Anyway, um, but these all these incidents put together have just demonstrate what a toxic really a toxic culture um baseball is and i imagine i don't watch other sports but just from anecdotal stories i've heard this is not uncommon um so these guys need to be held responsible that again they're not going to jail this is not going to ruin their lives maybe they'll serve a punishment of not having a job in baseball for a couple of months. But as we can see, it doesn't last very long. It's quite temporary. Um, if past precedent is anything past precedent is anything to go by. It's just, it's a mess at this point. They all just get hired back in baseball, but in slightly less public roles. So the people will forget. Yes. Yeah. And people so, do like, forget, I, sadly. The, the Like, people don't have lasting memories about this stuff. And, like, no. you know, I people like to say, like, oh, but what about forgiveness? Like, what about redemption? What, like, I am willing to give people a second chance if they actually demonstrate any sort of remorse. But yes. that's not what's that's happening not the case. here. That hasn't been the case. Like, no one's in actually all of being these... punished or serving their due diligence before, like, you know, before they're welcomed back into the fold. That's not what's happening here. They're, the whole point of punishments is to learn. And so if they don't learn, then we can't give them their job back. Yeah. And, the, like, the other thing I've been seeing comments about is that, oh, women should feel empowered to come forward. And it's just like, no, because we're... We are frustrated and exhausted of constantly having to point out a poor, a poor culture time and time and again, um, being rebuffed. We're told we're overreacting. People are brushing the actions aside. Again, like Allison said, short-term memories. But here's the thing. There's still a very real fear among harassed women to come forward, whether it be because they fear for their jobs, fear of getting harassed further by the perpetrator or their friends and followers, as we, ha- as we have seen online. Um, in certain situations, okay, Trevor Bauer. Um, so it's just it's it's important to note that in these two stories with Porter and Calloway, every single victim has chosen to remain anonymous. So that tells me that they're still fearful of retribution, of possible revenge. I mean, it's it's just. And this isn't just an issue within baseball. It's across many industries, as as we've said before. The only way it will change is if men take responsibility and hold other men or even the few women in baseball right now, um, take account, um, hold others accountable for their actions and listen to women. I mean, it's not okay to continue sexual or or flirtatious advantage uh, advances if a woman ignores you or says no. Simple as that. Don't coerce her into something because you have more power and influence than she does, like Mickey Calloway did by saying to that one one reporter, oh, if you come out with me, I will give you Mets information. So I think 
for me, the most important thing that we can all do is listen to women's experiences without dismissing them and without judging them. Um, discussion in these situations is important. Asking questions is important. Starting that dialogue is important. Um, yeah, that's how we can change the culture and shift the status quo. Yes. And I yes. think speaking of listening to women's experiences, I saw an excellent thread from, oh, I'm going to find it. <laughs> Was it Sorry, our I'm, this is, this is very riveting radio. <laughs> oh, why can't oh, I? Oh, uh, speak, but, but speaking of just while, while um, Allison is finding that, um, I just want to say that Jenny Searle wrote a fantastic article for Baseball Perspective, which we will link on Twitter. Yeah, you guys should go read Jenny's piece. It's so to untune that that string, and it's just—I mean, I've been—I've been very vocal. If you come to the Amazing Avenue comments, I have been very, very vocal, and she basically also put together everything that I was trying to say in separate comments. Um, it's it's just a really great article and everybody needs to read it. Um, Here we go. But, I found but, it. Okay. Chelsea, Chelsea Janes, who is a, a, oh. a national baseball reporter for the Washington post. And she covers, she obviously covers the Nats a lot, but the she Nats, also covers nationals, yes. baseball as a whole for the Washington post. Um, she wrote a fa- fantastic Twitter thread today that we will again link in the, in the show notes and the tweets. Um, of this episode but you guys should go read it um she details her experience um i can just read it briefly because it's not so so long but um she she um she's kind of been off twitter for a while but she said knew i should take some time and more than a few deep breaths before trying to offer any thoughts on the porter calloway situation but it hit me that it's fitting that a story like that broke on the day i jumped back into baseball because i haven't known a day in a baseball clubhouse without a story like this my first day in an mlb clubhouse as as a 20-year-old intern, a quad-A outfielder who will remain nameless had a coach pass me a piece of paper with his phone number on it. I had no idea what I was doing in the first place, so I immediately assumed that it was somehow my fault, even though I hadn't said a word. I felt so awkward from then on. It wasn't my best reporting day. But when all you want is to do well, and when doing well means getting players to share insights about their livelihoods, your discomfort feels like it pales in comparison to the desire to tell someone what happened and ensure that it doesn't happen again. Plus, the many of the ways in which women in clubhouses experience sexual harassment are subtle. Mm-hmm. They're not things that they're not things that would rise to the level of requiring legal action. They're also not things that <clears throat> seem to reach to the level of, <laughs> of, of a fireable offense to many teams. So telling someone almost guarantees that your job will get harder and that little will change besides your reputation. Plus, Mm -hmm. the weird half-unwritten rule of baseball clubhouses is that what happens there stays there. If a reporter were constantly tweeting every offensive thing or every unflattering comment set off the record, they would have a tough time getting anyone to say anything to them ever. But if players couldn't be comfortable there, they wouldn't allow the access that the media has, access that's crucial to doing our job. It's a rare setup in which an industry has cultivated a safe space for its employees to be as misogynistic, homophobic, etc. as they want. I know I've often been disheartened by what I see and hear there, but the trade but the trade for access is discretion. 
It's an unofficial contract to which reporters have tacitly agreed to for years, one that, like so many things we've accepted as necessary, was never really okay. And it fosters the power dynamics that lead to behavior like this. I know so many women who report on baseball have stories somewhere along the sexual harassment gradient. I certainly have plenty. What I don't think people fully grasp is how widespread it is. And it's and what's so galling is that the line between what is appropriate and what isn't is not blurry, even though almost everyone who crosses it tries to say it is in retrospect. I've had interactions with many male baseball folks who never come near that line or even threaten to do so. It's not a hard problem for a man in pro baseball to avoid. As the reporting of Katie Strang and Britt Grioli showed, most of this stuff is unsolicited. A professional text was met with a flirty or worse one. Professional politeness suddenly equates to a green light. And we've talked about that yeah. so many times on this podcast that if you smile, Ugh. people think you're flirting. Yep. People think you're flirting. I'm so oh, that's okay. It's okay to like, come on. She goes on to say, I'm so flabbergasted, and I never say flabbergasted because it literally only applies here, by the idea that someone would assume that's that's what a reporter wants out of these conversations. Where does one buy a delusional level of confidence like that? And hiring more women isn't the answer. All that does is ask women to clean up a mess they didn't create. Preach. I've often I've often worried that I should have spoken up at times. Like, what if staying quiet means it happens again to someone else? I feel guilty. But ultimately, those in baseball who act like Porter at all knows know these texts and comments aren't okay. So do the people around them. They look at it. They look the other way. If a reporter isn't going to make it public, it's not worth causing a stir to stop it. I can relate to the calculus because though I'm often ashamed to say so, I look the other way because my discomfort wasn't worth more than my ability to do my job. Anyway, why it's so important that women like the ones who shared their stories with the athletic do so because causing a stir about behavior like that should only hurt one person's ability to do his job, and we're not there yet. Then that's and that's it. I mean, that thread was it. That I mean, that that's it. You're trading. She said early on, you're she was trading. Wait a minute, discretion. Okay, um, the trade for access is discretion. So again, it's these microaggressions, these structures that in place that it kind of encouraged the, um bro toxic masculinity actions um in a space where they can do it without consequences up to this point um and that we're seeing more stories like this be revealed is it's horrible what these people have had to go through but it's good that they're speaking up however it's still the change also needs to come within and i think that's the most important thing right now exactly and just hi- like we said last time and like chelsea says show here, a little self-awareness just hiring more women is not going to fix it because mm-hmm. or hiring more people of color or hiring choose any group that's underrepresented lgbtq folks like just hiring more of them while a good thing is not going to help because then they're just asked to tick a box and also to help fix messes they didn't create there it's not our job it's not women's job it's not it's not black folks job it's not lgbtq folks job to fix your mess for you that you made you fix it you get it's your not house king in order. King. it's not kim ing's job to fix the marlins but yet she's gonna have to yeah it's not it's not our job to fix your mess for you it's we just want to do the job that we were hired for <laughs> so yeah. get your house in order and then hire us and then we can just like do our jobs without being harassed all the time that would be great yes 
Um, I mean, and even, even just on a fan level, um, as a female fan, we ex- like I've experienced harassment and you've experienced harassment. So it, yep. it also just go the, the culture that's cultivated within baseball employment also extends out to the fandom as well, yep. which is, an, uh, uh, it's just all bad. The stories it's I could tell about bad. the sexism I've experienced at ballparks can tell I can tell two short anecdotes that are the worst ones. Um, one time I was at McFadden's, which is the bar at at City Field, um, and I was and this is like something that happens. It's not because it's it's not necessarily because it's City Field, but it happens at bars all over the place. But I was mm. with a bunch of my friends pregame, you know, having a few beers. I am standing at the bar waiting to get my beer. I, like the bartender is ignoring me, like very clearly on purpose and like serving all the men around me and ignoring me. And I'm like trying to get his attention. He's ignoring me. And then suddenly, like finally, he he like serves me. And he was like, oh, I'm sorry. I just don't hear women's voices as well. And I was like, oh, my God, right, I'm never going back to McFadden's again. Like, seriously. Um, and then uh, one time when I was at Citizens Bank Park, I got spit on by a male fan. Uh, oh, God. A Phillies fan. Yeah. So that was fun experience for wearing a David Wright jersey. He was upset I was wearing a David Wright jersey. So he spit on me. So that's the type of stuff that happens. When you're a woman at a ballpark, just like trying to live her life. Um, but even even having your fandom questioned, uh, of being told that oh my god you're a woman you don't know anything and ugh, oh yeah anytime you tell a dude you're a baseball a fan team. it's a quiz about like oh so who's your favorite player oh so hit yep. who hit the home, most home runs in baseball in 1972 oh who like it's like are you kidding me it's just I want to enjoy the game leave me be. That's the whole thing. Uh, we just we women just want to do their jobs. Women just want to enjoy this the game without having to deal with this nonsense. Yep. And that's that's the ultimate goal here. Yep. Um Ugh. so final point is that um obviously, I mean, this was true last week and it's even more true now that it kind of goes without saying that it would be the peak of hypocrisy after this to sign Trevor Bauer. Oh. But who the Mets are still reportedly interested in, who still hasn't signed yet, but now you've kind of got three things that have happened. You have, last week we talked about Porter and how, you know, it would be really bad if the Mets signed Trevor Bauer. That's been multiplied by three because not only do you have Jared Porter, you have Mickey Callaway, former Mets manager, also accused of harassing women and then you also have which we didn't even really talk about this but it's kind of a side thing and i don't understand enough about the stock market to talk about this but oh the oh but steve cohen basically was involved so like you know there was this GameStop thing which i'm sure all of you are aware of um that you know a bunch of redditors banded together and basically took on hedge fund guys and it was like a kind of a David and Goliath sort of story. Although lots of rich people made money off of that too, by the way. Like, let's not oh pretend God, it was just you... your average Joes that made money. Like, Dave Portnoy is very happy right now. Um, Barstool sucks, by the way. Barstool sucks! Also, I just... He is being so hypocritical when it comes to Steve Cohen. 
I, I oh, just, yeah. Oh, he's the worst. He's, he's setting himself up like, yeah, so the, the GameStop thing is, you know, basically, so one of the hedge funds that lost a bunch of money in the, the GameStop trading thing uh, was one that Steve, like, was run by, like, Steve Cohen's protege, so he injected a bunch of capital into the hedge fund in order to save it from going under because it lost all this money in the GameStop thing, and so... So that kind of got Steve Cohen's like name in the papers because he was like trying to bail out his hedge fund buddies. And so and he's the and he's the most visible guy. Right. And so that obviously he's a billionaire and that did not endear him well to, you know, Twitter and the like. Um, So like, you know, your everyday folk are not going to like look kindly upon the billionaire dude bailing out his hedge fund friends um, just because your average Joes are trying to make some money on the stock market and game the rules like the hedge fund managers do, except now it's regular people doing it. But anyway, one of those people but going also, where after was, Where were these complaints when he was first digging into the ownership? Right. May I ask? Right. We love billionaires <laughs> when they're running our baseball teams, but then like when they act like how billionaires always act, we are surprised by that somehow. Um, there are no good guy billionaires, really, guys, I promise. Um, and him being owner of the Mets doesn't really change that, um, other than I just hope he buys us a World Series. Um, but Dave Portnoy, the CEO of Barstool, who is himself a millionaire, by the way. Um, a multi he's a triple figure figure millionaire yeah like hundreds of millions of dollars um is is one of the people going after steve cohen online and is very upset at him and it's like bro you're also a millionaire like i don't know like you're not some like little guy going after the big guy like that's not what's happening also he also shorts stocks so mm, he also shorts stocks kettle cool pot kettle exactly so anyway Point being that Steve Cohen was very visibly bailing out his hedge fund buddies and that did not endear him to the Twitter masses. And so he started getting like very nasty messages, which included death threats to his family. So for that reason, which is which is not cool. Don't do that. Um, like I'm not I'm not a fan of billionaires, but you you don't have to don't send threaten them death the family. Come on. You don't have to send them their family death threats like his kids didn't do anything wrong. Um, so. Yeah, so he got th- he got those nasty messages, and understandably so, it caused him to, at least temporarily, he deleted his Twitter account, and he released a statement saying, like, I'm getting off Twitter for now because I'm getting all these death threats. So you would think that that would contribute to some level of understanding of what it's like to be the target of cyberbullying, a.k.a. the women that Trevor Bauer harasses online. Maybe. We'll see. But we'll yeah, see. there might not be any self-awareness because self-awareness is dead. Um, I I don't know. I think hopefully, ugh, I hate saying hopefully, all these these situations coupled together um, will make them not sign Bauer because just even on the surface PR level, it's a bad idea. Yeah, there's just so oh. many reasons it's a bad idea. It would be the peak of hypocrisy given the fact that your owner was cyberbullied off Twitter and you've now had two people associated with your organization credibly accused of sexual harassment of women. So now you're going to turn around and and sign noted cyberbullier of women, Trevor Bauer. Very cool. So not only would it be like super hypocritical and bad, he would just be a terrible like clubhouse presence and a terrible media nightmare because the first time he pitches poorly and the media asks him questions about it, it's going to be a shit show. 
he's going to throw his players on his fellow players under the bus. Also, just on a baseball from a baseball standpoint, I don't think his um, stats are going to hold up. That's me. Um, I think 2020 was exceedingly unique. Wow, exceedingly unique is so redundant. Um, they were very, they were unique. Um, they were again amplified by a shortened season. Uh, he is possibly cheating um, with substances, which that's a discussion for another time because because many pitchers are um, allegedly. But it's it's there's just he's problematic on all levels and hopefully the Mets will see that. Yep. So I hope that we don't have to have another emergency podcast in a couple weeks from oh, now God. because the Mets signed Trevor Bauer. So that's like let's not do that. Again, like get Paxton, get Orozzi and call it a day. Exactly. Again, like we said last week, we are not happy to be here on our week off talking about this. No. Yet we have to talk about this because we don't want we don't want it to be ignored. It's really important that we continue this dialogue. Um, mm-hmm. And it needs and to it, be ongoing. It, it needs to be ongoing and it needs to be reinforced. It does need to be told. As much as we get tired of it, it needs to be reinforced over and over and over again until people start, until people, especially men, start to get it. Yeah, until people start listening, we are going to keep screaming into the Icelandic void about this. I promise you. <laughs> so, but in lieu of simply screaming into the Icelandic void, we are still doing a fundraiser. Yes. Um, so as if like a million other reasons haven't um, amounted to, <laughs> haven't like, you know, amassed themselves uh, to, sign, to uh, sign on to this fundraiser. You should, if you haven't donated, you should. Um, we are doing a fundraiser for victims of domestic violence, um, primarily benefiting the D- National Domestic Violence Hotline, but also you can donate to any local women's shelter or local domestic violence charity of your choice. A donation in any amount will get you entered into our raffle in a couple of weeks on February 23rd. Um, chance to win one of a few different Mets prizes we have lined up for you guys, which is very exciting. Um, but yeah, donation and- in any amount will have you eligible to for the raffle. Just either send us a Twitter DM with a screenshot of your receipt or email a screenshot and or forwarded email um, to aa.apodoftheirown at gmail.com. Um, and if you do that, then you will be entered into the raffle. So, but even even more importantly than being entered in for prizes, these are helping organizations that are struggling even more due to the pandemic. Yep. Um, I a lot of different programs have had to have been suspended just because of COVID nineteen. Um, so women aren't getting the resources. Their children aren't necessarily getting resources because I know the local shelter, um, by me has specific programs for children, um, in person and they've all had to be, they've all been suspended. So this is really helping so many people, even a small donation goes very, very far and maybe you don't realize it, but it does. Yep. And so the prize is just a bonus. Baseball may continue to show us that it doesn't care about women, but we want to show that we care about women and we care about victims. And abuse in all its forms, whether it be domestic violence, sexual harassment, cyberbullying, obviously these are different degrees of bad, but they all stem from the same 
desire for power and the same Mm -hmm. culture of toxic masculinity and we are here to fight against that and the best way we can do it is with our voices and with our wallets so we are continuing yes um so let us keep donating um and uh yeah we're let's keep it going oh i should share i should share the updated total as of as of this evening february 2nd we have raised $2,826.89 $2,826.89 for domestic yes. violence victims. Hell yeah. Let's keep it going. Okay. Um, I want to see, I'm going to set some goals here. I want to see that number go up to $3,000 by the end of the week and at least $4,000 by the end of the fundraiser. That would challenge be challenge you guys. Yes. Challenge to you guys. Let's freaking do it. That would be so great. Um, so yeah. Let's keep going. Let's not stop. Um, But in the meantime, we are going to finish this podcast like we always do with walk-off wins where each of us talks about what is making us happy this week, baseball-related or otherwise. Kellyanne Healy, what is your walk-off win for this week? Well, speaking of Icelandic voids, um, (laughs) if you live in the Northeast, you know that we just had a giant snowstorm. So I got about... I would say more than two feet of snow here. And if you know me, I'm a quirky person. I wake up in the early morning and I really, really, really love snow. So this has been like a dream come true for me. Um, the, the plowed snow piles are taller than me. Um, I just am looking out into a beautiful white world um, where I can make snow angels and snowmen. I haven't done that yet. I'm going to do that tomorrow. Um but yes, my walk-off win is the snowstorm, <laughs> as weird as that is. And I know people um, are probably without power, are probably still plowing out. Um, and our, I know several of us, several of our friends are very sore from plowing out. But I hope that everybody can just take a moment to step back and enjoy it a little bit. Just go outside, have some fun, have a snowball fight, uh, build an igloo, build a snowman. Spend some time with friends and family if you can. Yeah, that's my walk-off win. I'm weird. <laughs> my walk-off win is not the snow because I do not share <laughs> Kellyanne's enthusiasm about snow in general. Although DC, like I can't complain. DC got far less than um, my friends in New Jersey and New York did. Uh, DC got about five inches or so. Um, but a lot of like gross like rain, snow, mix shit. So that was disgusting. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I do not... I do not share the enthusiasm for the snow, but I I am grateful that I did not have to shovel or um or clear off my car because I live in an apartment complex and my car is parked in a garage. So I can I can say my walk off win is that fact, but it's it's not. But <laughs> but I am very grateful for that. Um, my actual walk off win um is a pretty simple one. Um, so the um the. It's been it's been nice getting to know DC as I've lived here, and I wish I wish I've been getting it. I wish I've been getting to know it better because I feel like during non-COVID times, ordinarily I would have been exploring a lot more, going to, going to all the friggin' Smithsonian museums, like walking around all the time, going to like going shopping, like doing all sorts of things. I feel like I'd be doing these things if it wasn't for COVID, but because of COVID, I feel very like 
confined to my apartment and my neighborhood. I mean, I know it's necessary. I know why we're doing this. Um, but it just means I it's haven't got frustrating though. It's still frustrating. It means I haven't gotten to know the city like I would like to the new city that I live in. But one way that I've been able to like really engage with the local businesses here is that, um, that some of them hold virtual events. And so the local donut place that we can walk to that's on the same block as the bagel shop, um, the local donut place has been having these like virtual beer and donut pairings with a lot of the local breweries around here. Um, so that's been really fun. And Michael and I have been doing them at every opportunity that we can. So you buy a ticket and basically you get like a four pack of donuts and a four pack of the beer from the local brewery and they like pair them together and then they do like a zoom like tasting. Um, so we did one of those on Thursday with DC Brow, um, and the donut shop is called DC Donut. Um, and on the zoom is the head brewer of DC Brow or, or whatever brewery, cause they've done it with a few different ones now. Um, but the head brewer of DC Brow and the baker, the head baker of DC Donut. Um, and they talk about the flavors of the beer and the donut and how they complement each other. And like, there's a zoom with like a hundred people in it and everybody's like eating donuts and drinking beer and having like the best time. And so I just really enjoy those because like it makes me feel it's it's one of those social those like virtual social events that does actually like recapitulate what a real one of these social events would be like. Like I do actually feel like I'm like Mm -hmm. hanging out with all these people, which is nice. Um, Yeah. And it's a nice way to like get to know the local breweries and the local bakery and get to know my local businesses here in D.C. So I've really enjoyed doing those beer and donut pairings so we did one on on thursday or tuesday i can't remember thursday i think and it was lovely and it's so massively important to support local businesses during this time because they've been the ones that are hit hardest yep uh in, in terms of in terms of a business scope yes definitely definitely um yeah so i've been trying to do curbside pickup at the at the local restaurants the local breweries etc so yeah, so that's my walk-off win for this week. Um, but while you are waiting for your ne- next curbside pickup order to be ready, uh, you can go to AmazingAvenue.com to get all <laughs> of the latest Mets news. We, of course, covered the Mickey Callaway nonsense. Uh, we will hopefully be covering like things that we can get excited about with the Mets soon. Like Hopefully they'll make some more non-Trevor Bauer-related signings. Um, we'll have all the coverage of that if they do. Um, and we'll begin spring training coverage we- soon enough. And I'm hoping our next episode can just be about books. Yeah, really. Yeah. And and yeah, guys, next week we're going to have Andrea Williams on and we're going to talk about baseball's leading lady. Um, and we're so excited about that. So please tune in next week. But yeah, go to amazingavenue.com for all of our fantastic baseball content. We'll be ramping up spring yes. training content soon enough because spring training is right around the corner, despite the fact that baseball still doesn't know whether it has a DH or not and various other nonsense um, <laughs> that we didn't even get into right. all the labor shit that's been happening this week. Oh my God. So much other crap CBA's, is happening. CBA is going to be a mess. Oh, we're going to have a lockout. Folks. Get it. excited for that. That's coming. Um, I mean, not this year, but next year. We're going to get a lockout. Yeah. It's going to be great. Uh, <laughs> Unless things work out before then, which is doubtful. Um, so, yeah, there's still all that. But, yeah, we'll cover it all over at AmazingAvenue.com. You can follow Amazing Avenue on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Amazing Avenue. You can follow this show on Twitter at A Pod of Their Own. You can follow each of us on Twitter. I am at Petite PhD. Where are you, Kellyanne? 
I am at E-L-L-A-R-E-B-E-E-L-R-B, phonetically spelled. <laughs> and we are both in the Amazing Avenue con- comments, Kellyanne, more often than I, but yes. we are both there on occasion. Because so I moderate. <laughs> yeah, because she moderates. I moderate. Uh, it's yes. been fun this past week. I won't lie. Yes, very fun. It's been. It's It's been eventful. Yes. So you can find us both but there come as jo- well. But, yes, come join us. It yeah. is fun most of the time. Yes, please come <laughs> join us. Um, you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. Please rate and review our whole entire suite of shows. It really helps people find them, and you should be listening to all of them if you aren't already. The original intro and outro music to this podcast is by Bunga. Let's go Mets, and don't forget, there is no crying in podcasts.